You're the one who is in control of your own power. Choose wisely who you give it to. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theothermomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump into the episode. And just to start out, I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. If you need help, you do need to reach out and get professional help. The topic of today is who to tell and who not to tell about your affair, because I think this one is important. So I guess the first question is, who did you tell? Who did I tell? The first person I told was my stepmom. And I know, like, looking back, I know why I selected her. I, you know, was privy to the fact that while I didn't know details, she had definitely experienced something similar. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she, there's no way she could judge me for it. I was nervous that she was going to tell me to stop immediately and to, like, go repent and grovel to my husband and all of that. And she didn't at all. She just like, she was like, okay. And I knew I had to tell my dad and that like my dad, I used okay, to call wait, him wait, my wait. mom. You told your stepmom. What is it that she told you? She, she didn't judge me. She was kind of like, okay, like take a breath. It's going to be all right. She just really wanted to hear. She just wanted to hear my why. And like what I was getting out of it, like all Mm -hmm. of that, she was definitely, she was like a very good and safe place for me to go to. She also wasn't going to tell me what to do. Like that's one thing that my parents did really well. They led me. They didn't like tell me, you know, Mm -hmm. they allowed me to make my own mistakes and make my own decisions. But she just told me because my biggest question to her was like, I don't know how to tell my dad. Like I felt like such a failure. And for it to also be something about me sexually, like when I was a kid, I was afraid of my dad knowing that I had a crush on anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so That's I think how you at one point be. I even had like a sixth grade dance. Really? No, I'm joking. That's like so, so old I'm school like, mentality. Is that a healthy fear? No, that's not a good fear. Yeah, it's not a healthy fear. So she was just very warm and non-judgmental and just like a safe, soft place for me to land. Mm -hmm. Did she tell you something specifically that like reassured you? Yeah. Yeah, she did. (sighs) When she said, when I told her, I didn't know how to tell my dad. Say that. What did you cite like? (sighs) Because what she said was something I didn't believe. What she said was something I didn't believe. She said, um, you just tell him the truth. You tell him you fell in love. And I was just like, no, but is that the truth? You know, like that was where I was. I was like, is that the truth? Like I wasn't ready to accept that the experience I had was actually real. At that point in time, like Mm. at that state of being, I was like, it was almost like I was 
waiting for them to like come and slap my hand or something like get a like shake out of you like a yeah like I was really thinking that they were going to berate me and tell me that I was like the you know fucking Jezebel <laughs> they were gonna tell me that I was like Delilah or like I just I associated myself with all of the villainized characters who had ever done something so taboo. And she really she kind of like took the sting away, you know, just with that one little sentence of like, OK, like you tell him the truth. You tell him you fell in love. And I was just like, I couldn't believe she said that, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that she believed that falling in love was a thing. And she was much more open to like, like, this is kind of crazy, Kevin. I can't believe we're having this conversation. She was much more open to like spirituality and stuff. Okay. She was much more open to like emotional, like pulls and like sitting Mm -hmm. in her emotions and like stuff like that. And I never was. Uh, Wow. This is crazy. So she's 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 haunting you basically right now, dude. And she always told us she always told me that when she gets the chance, she will come back and she will haunt us. And it's funny because I'm like, uh, when I think of haunting, I think, you know, like really weird, creepy shit. Like I think of like stuff moving and like all of that. I don't think of some of the sensations that have like been building within me where it's like she's coming across like she would watch medium stuff and I would be like what's wrong with you black magic man get back on the course (laughs) like I was judging her for her interest in stuff you know now I'm over here listening to Gabby Bernstein yeah that's how life changes so who to tell and who not to tell you really like I it's never a one size fits all though It's never a, oh, just tell your parents. Like you have to assess whether that individual is going to be helpful or hurtful to you. We were on a call in the community the other day and uh, this community member, she had shared a story about how much it stung when everything had ended with her affair partner and they were in a long-term affair and her best girlfriend had asked her how she was. And uh, this community member had told, had responded honestly to her best friend and said, you know, I'm a little bit crushed, you know, like kind of revealed the hurt that she was carrying and her friend shot back with, well, what did you expect? And then that just, when you tell somebody something like that and they are hurt, like that just causes them to shut down more. Yeah. It's like you're, you're building up more walls for you not to talk to them, which is the complete opposite of right. what they currently need. That's, like, there's a reason why they're they Right, came to they you. need a space where they can open up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely need a space where they can open up and let it out because I think that once you, like, once you actually give voice, and I know I've said this before, but, like, once you give voice to your thoughts and feelings, all of a sudden you become less heavy, way less heavy. And so, like, if you find yourself in a place where people only add to the heaviness, you know, because basically when, if somebody tells me, what did you expect? They're implying that I'm stupid and I'm Mm -hmm. not stupid. So like what, they're just contributing to the lies that exist in the world. Mm. Dumb. By the way, what do you mean by, 
giving voice to your feelings? Oh, I think that we always have. We're especially women are really good at not allowing themselves to feel what they feel. I thought that was a man. Never. Like, no, 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 no. I'll say they intrinsically feel a certain way. They intrinsically feel a certain way, but they will never, ever like feel empowered to actually give voice to it. Like the same community member um, that I spoke with this week, she still is sitting a little bit in regret of revealing the amount of anger she had inside of her to somebody that she loved. My question is, why couldn't she reveal her anger in front of this person who loves her and she loves that person back? Like that should be a safe place for her to reveal her anger. She's not hurting him. She's not, you know, like she's saying, she's saying what she's feeling. And then immediately she's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Mm. And I'm like, why? You did, you know, like, it's okay. Like you can feel that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of this, a lot of this, like women walk around with these emotions and these thoughts inside of their heads and uh, their heart and they basically are like oh but i'm not supposed to feel that way so i'm not going to say anything Mm -hmm. that's what i mean by giving voice to your thoughts and feelings and not feeling bad about it like yeah surely i've you know lost my temper here and there and it's important that i acknowledge that like yes i lost my temper but i shouldn't i'm not going to feel bad for having emotions anymore i'm not going to like deny that I feel strongly, you know? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am extremely grateful for anybody who is interested in surfacing this conversation with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you went and left a five-star review with positive commentary on my thoughts. And I would like to be able to read those thoughts of yours out loud on my podcast. Thank you. And let's get back to the episode. How did you get to tell your dad? Um, so she passed the phone to him. And oh, okay. uh, I told she passed the phone to him. I was in China when I decided to do this. Like, I'm definitely an avoidant. Like, I prefer to talk via text. And if I have something like that I am ashamed of, like cheating, I will... I will go on the other side of the world, give you a call and say, hey, this ain't life isn't what it looks like right now. So (laughs) I need to clue you in on some shit that's been going down inside of me because I can't handle this alone. But whenever my dad took the phone, I told him that I fell in love with somebody else. And then he just started crying. And I was like, oh, God, I am a disappointment. Oh, wow. But now I look back and so, so why did I've never he, asked why did he him cry? why he cried. Okay. I n- I've never asked him. I've never asked him. Maybe I'll ask him. But when I, I think about why he cried, because my dad, my dad is not a communicator of emotions. Kevin, I can't even ask him, how are you right now? Okay. He's in a, he's in a certain place. Okay. <laughs> he says that me asking him, how are you is too heavy right now. So I am respecting that. But when he did cry, like my own opinion of like what he was probably thinking and feeling in that moment, which like, yes, I am the child in a home who 
guesses at my parents' emotions. I think he knew how hard the road ahead for me was going to be. Like, I don't think it was that I was a disappointment. I think it was that he had experienced something similar in his life. And while he never talked to me about it, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that had to be one of the heaviest transitions. He, um, you know, fell in love outside of his marriage and I'm sure he has a lot more inside of him to like share, but it's not, I'm not like privileged to that information because I'm his daughter, you know? So I, I just take what I can from him. But whenever I think about it, like if my child were to come to me and tell me that they had done this really horrible thing and, and I know my child, right. And the way that I expressed myself to my dad wasn't a, I fucking hate my ex. He has made my life so miserable. There was none of that. It was very, it was like, this is a weird word to use in the topic of infidelity, but it was innocent. Mm -hmm. It wasn't with mal intent. And so since he knew me at my core, right? Like he knows the type of person I am. I think he knew how hard it was going to be on me to wade through the guilt and the shame that I was going to have to wade through. And so he cried and then he asked me if it was a factory owner. If he was a factory Stan owner. laughs at that. Yeah, Stan laughs at that to this day. He loves it so much. He loves it <laughs> so much. And then I think my dad at one point told me he was like, cause then I was like, actually you've, you've already met this person. It's not like just some like random who like wooed me or anything like that. This is a person that like, cause Stan and I were coworkers. Okay. And I used to do this thing where if I fell in love with you and I say that now, I didn't realize that was happening all the time. Like I do, I fall in love with people a little bit every single day. I just don't let it, you know, take over me. And I do this thing whenever I fall in love with people where I want to take them back to the home that I grew up in. I want them to see, I want to share more of myself with them. And one of those ways that I did that for a really long time was, and this was like in my twenties, I would be like, you have to come to my house. You need to meet my family. You need to have watermelon with me in the backyard. Like, I don't know. And so my dad knew Stan. Stan had done some really like special things for our family. Like, uh, so we had created a foundation in honor of my brother's passing. And it's the International Testicular Cancer Foundation because we realized that there was very little support for people who navigated through that. Like we didn't know that young men could get cancer the way that Josh did. And so it was really important for me to take people that I loved back to my hometown and see it because I felt like there was so much matter. Like it it mattered, like my home mattered, my family mattered, my life mattered. And uh, I took Stan home with my ex and we were just there and we were just sharing and meals and sharing stories with each other. Like there was, it was very innocent. And so when I told my dad who it was, he just kind of laughed, you know, like Stan had 
made my family's shoes out of the logo for my brother's foundation. Stan mm. did very thoughtful things for me. Like um, the fact that he was just like so interested in my family story was uh, enough to enough to just make me fall head over heels, basically, I think. Mm-hmm. So I told him, yes, you know who this person is. And I was so nervous because like I come from a very white family. Okay. We got roots and we have these indoctrinated belief systems that have stuck with us for years and years and years. So the fact that I was bringing home a, we call him the Beijing Baba. He is Chinese and he grew up in the South. He is a very unique individual. And I, I was so nervous that they were going to be like, oh, he's not white. Oh, he's not very Christian. Oh, he's not. And then like I, all of a sudden I realized I was like, these are all the things that I've been placing on myself. All of these things that like I think my parents are going to say, they're, they're not, I don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm thinking. You know, so like all of a sudden my own little world started to open up. If we go back to the who to tell, who don't. Who to tell, who not to tell. Yeah. If your family is emotionally reactive, like find the people in your life that are not emotionally reactive. I spend a lot of time assessing people. And I think I I told you this a while ago, Kevin, like there were years that I went where I didn't say much. I didn't share my opinion. I just wanted to hear other people. I wanted to hear and I wanted to be able to discern what they value by listening to the words that come out of their mouth. It's almost like I could see them more clearly if I just shut my mouth. Mm-hmm. So what, what see, see people more clearly if I shut my mouth and mm-hmm. I kind of shut off the assumption part of my brain. So mm-hmm. the emotionally reactive people like, and honestly, I just got lucky I got so lucky that my stepmom was who she was and because I would consider her a little bit more of an emotionally reactive person, but she, you know, she reserved that because I am, I am her daughter type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're in an affair and you're trying to discern who to tell, because I think here's one of the problems with the affair Obviously, the big problem is that it's a secret and there's all these other problems. But one one of the biggest problems I see in an affair is if your affair partner is actually abusing you and you're not mm. talking to anybody about it, how would you know, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there are definitely power and control dynamics within an affair that can exist or that do exist, right? Because it's it's a natural tendency of a relationship. But I think that if your affair partner, if you express to your affair partner that you want to tell somebody and their response to you isn't an emphatic like you do you, then I have concern. Because even with Stan and I, like I remember telling him probably for the first time, he actually encouraged me to, to tell my parents kind of quickly. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't doing well with being without him. I was like, I was ready to move to China. Like I told my company that the only way that I was going to stay with them was if they got me a position in China. 
Like I was very much like Stan is the end all be all to my existence right now. Mm-hmm. And the company and by the was way, like, that sure, didn't come from Stan, it, right? In six months. That came from you. What? Like that. that oh, it came like, from me. Totally. Because we, like we, you were talking about like mm-hmm. manipulating forces within the relationship that didn't come from Stan. That came from like the desire for you to be there. Mm-mm. I just wanted to make that clear. Mm-hmm. It really did. It was super strong. And he had said, I told him, I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to blow this up. And he was like, okay. And, you know, I didn't tell him when I was going to do it because I am not a planner. I'm sure you're aware of this, Kevin. I'm not a very good planner. Um, And so I, he knew, he knew that I wasn't doing well. And, but he never said, don't tell anybody. Stan never, ever tried to um, put me inside of a chamber, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my dad said to me after the affair that has always stuck with me to this day, because I didn't understand what it meant then, but he was like, whatever you do, don't become a kept woman. And I was like, a kept woman? Like housekeeper? You know, like, what does Mm -hmm. this mean? And now I understand that phrase a lot better. Don't become a kept woman. Don't, don't let somebody else take away your power. You know, like you're, you're the one who is in control of your own power. Choose wisely who you give it to. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.